Welcome to the Lancet Podcast. I'm Rebecca Cooney, North American Executive Editor. It is January 3rd, 2018, and this is the first podcast we're recording in the new year, and also which will be accompanied by an editorial about the unfolding story of Veredigine Naparvavec, a novel gene therapy that goes by the trade name Luxturna. After a priority review by FDA, it was approved on December 21st, 2017, to treat child and adult patients with an inherited form of vision loss, specifically with biallelic RPE65 mutation-associated retinal dystrophy. The treatment involves administering a normal copy of the affected gene subretinally using an adeno-associated virus vector. Importantly, this work not only heralds a viable new treatment for visual loss that was once considered untreatable, but it also opens the door to other forms of gene therapy. It's my great pleasure to speak today with Dr. Jean Bennett, who is a professor of ophthalmology at Perelman School of Medicine at UPenn, and who studies the molecular genetics of inherited retinal degenerations. Dr. Bennett played a large role in the clinical trials for this gene therapy intervention, First, I think it would be helpful for our listeners to learn a little bit about the type of vision loss that we're speaking about here, and perhaps some background on the disease and who it affects and what the prognosis is. The symptoms in this very rare disease are first manifest in infancy. Babies with this condition can't see very well, like older children, and they are drawn to very, very bright lights, basically the only things that they can see. They can't see faces, and so they don't respond to to smiles and to other visual cues. And they can have what appear to be jiggly eyes. Since their eyes aren't focusing on things, they bounce around. It's called nystagmus. And as children get older, it becomes more apparent that they are visually impaired. They can't play sports, kick around a ball because they can't see the ball. They can't read because they can't see the letters on a page. They trip over things because they have poor side vision. And gradually, all of the aspects of vision that they have when they're young disappear because this is a degenerative disease. And the cells in the retina, which begin vision, die off. So that by the time they are adolescents or young adults, they're severely visually impaired. They need to be led around going to college or um, getting a job or seeing a friend and recognizing who it is by their face is nearly impossible. And so you can imagine that their lives are very different from those of us who have normal sight. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb announced um, with the FDA approval in one of his blog posts calling this sort of the culmination of decades of research that's resulted in three gene therapy approvals this year for patients with serious and rare diseases. And being that you have been so instrumental in the story of this um, treatment, uh, even beginning with the translational work, can you tell us a bit about that process and what you learned and, and what you needed to adapt by bringing it into the clinical trial setting? In our study, the majority of the patients who were enrolled benefited enormously. While they don't have what we think of as normal 2020 vision, because most of them were treated when they are older and and many of the cells in their retina have already degenerated and can't be rescued, they have still made incredible gains, which allow them to become independent 
to be able to go to school and find their way from one classroom to another, to be able to recognize somebody by sight when they meet them on the street, and to be able to make friends, and to be able to get jobs and have a social life. The intervention has made such an impact not only on these individuals, but also on their families and on society, because now they can function normally and independently. We learned so much from the initial experiments that we carried out in dogs born blind due to the same condition, who were scared to even take a step before the intervention because of fear of bumping into things. And then after the intervention, being able to walk around normally, to run around and play actually in dimly lit environments. And our observations there led us to design a mobility test that basically explores the ability to walk um, accurately and quickly in a, an environment with different levels of light illumination, such as what these individuals would find in daily living. For example, walking to a friend's house or walking into a classroom, going into a movie theater, going to a supermarket and finding things on the shelves. The test also incorporates other aspects of vision, which we use in our everyday living, such as ability to uh, read things clearly and to have, be able to notice things in our peripheral vision. The majority of the subjects in our clinical trial did improved miraculously after the intervention, and that was reflected not only by some of the other tests that we did, which are more traditional, but it also was reflected by many of the things that they told us about how much better they were able to do things in their daily lives. So having been through this rather exemplary experience of bringing a treatment through the clinical process and ultimately to receiving FDA approval, do you have any thoughts or comments to share, especially for other researchers and trialists? It has been an incredible opportunity for me and for all of us to be able to start from the very beginning from the laboratory research from developing the reagent and, and seeing that we could actually reverse blindness in dogs to being able to apply this to humans and show that we could make a difference, that we could reverse their blindness by harnessing what was known about the genetics of this disorder and about the function of the retina. So it has been an um, just a marvelous opportunity to demonstrate how you can have so many people with complementary expertise, starting with genetics to molecular biology to physiology to immunology, microbiology, and uh, cell biology, and to be able to work closely with physicians and retinal surgeons and other individuals with complementary expertise to be able to develop this reagent, which actually has changed people's lives. While this is a very rare condition, we believe that it will be a stepping stone to be able to develop other gene-based treatments with which to treat other more common blinding conditions. 
and many of the hundreds of other blinding conditions which are known to be inherited. Finally, I'd like to point out that none of this would have been possible without the courageous and inspirational participation of the subjects in our study who were really the pioneers in this effort. Until next time, thanks for listening.